home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. Welcome, everybody, to the Thanksgiving edition of Rated G Radio. I am your host, Garrett Miller, and joining me in just a couple of moments will be my fantastic co-host, Rob Watson, who, of course, you know from Thursday's Rated LGBT Spectacular. I mean, spectacular is just even too lame of a word to use to describe a show that is so groundbreaking and fun. But Rob is going to be here to talk about that Thanksgiving, um, his vacation like Chevy Chase, Barbara D'Angelo trek across the country today and so much more. But before we get to all of that, I want to let everybody know that I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. If you're traveling, be safe. Um, make sure to eat the dressing undercooked out of a raw turkey. Best way to get some great botulism if you're looking to lose a few LBs before the Christmas break comes up. That's a surefire way to kick off your Christmas diet. Uh, bonanza, because you'll be bonanzaing back to the bathroom um, all weekend long. That'll be exciting. Uh, we also have some other great shows here on the network with Rebecca Fisk. She's one of America's top uh, 50 psychics. She does a, a guest appearance every once in a while. We've got Rob's show on Thursday, Rated Oz Radio with Mary Lou Monroe Ray. She's out of Brisbane, Australia. We're working out scheduling. We had a whole thing set up and ready to go. And then Mary Lou decided she needed to have this thing called a job, you know, to pay rent and eat. So um, with the time difference and everything doing the show here in California, we are still trying to figure out our logistics with Mary Lou. But she is chomping at the bit to be back on the air with you, and I'm excited to have her back. Um, next Monday, my guest co-host will be Stephanie Gerard, and that's our. Um, she's always going to be my um, co-host on the last Monday of the month, which which sets up her show for the first Sunday of the month. So that's why she's going to be here next week. Besides the fact that we just love her, but she hosts a monthly show called Journey with Stephanie. And even though Stephanie is a psychic medium, theta energy healer, all the cool stuff that just gets you pinging. Um, she's really there to interview other people with special gifts and talents in healing and the healing arts. And uh, she, she's going to have a great show, but we're going to welcome her back next Monday. So tonight, it's your Thanksgiving memories, things that make you go yum and hearken back to days of yore. So with that, Rob, I want to welcome you back to the show and tell me about your wild and crazy day today well, wild and crazy day today um today was a little mellow tomorrow won't be such i thought um, today was the actually, day no tomorrow well actually tomorrow is um yeah we had when we talked i wasn't quite sure when we were departing but because i was doing the show tonight i wanted it to be very stable and not be like driving down the back roads of california um so yeah so i i Altered that, but tomorrow morning it starts, and we are driving to Las Vegas um, for Thanksgiving, which is one. And no offense to anybody, but the last place on earth I thought I'd go to spend Thanksgiving. Um, and two, in kind of a really feeling positive kind of way, um, I'm going with my ex and our son. And we're going to be in the car for 10 hours. 
So that is going to be a very interesting experiment of human will and um, graciousness and starting over and that sort of stuff. So we'll see how that all goes. Well, all I can do, Rob, is tell you that I am going to say a prayer for you and hope that you are um, going to take lots of snacks and you'll have some potty breaks. Before we um, – I want to follow up with that, but we do have a caller. I'm going to bring him on the line. I have not pre-screened the call, but caller, welcome to Rated G Radio. Who is this and how are you spending your Thanksgiving? Yes, good evening, guys. My name is Mike. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Mike. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? I'll just spend time with the family, you know, usual stuff. The usual stuff? Does it involve football and stuffing? No, no, no football. Just just food and just talking with family this time Okay. Do you, do you have to make anything for your, your holiday or are you just going to eat? No, I'm just going to eat. Just going to eat. Now, what's your favorite dish? Uh, Probably chur- or turkey and stuffing together. I, I, like, I like the combination. Uh, well, you can't go wrong if they're cooked well. Who does the cooking in your family? Oh, a combination of wife, sister, mom, you know, all the all the ladies in the family kind of get together and help out. So what do you do while they're all cooking in the kitchen? Uh, well, well, our part is just going out and buying the groceries and bringing everything okay. that we need in, and then we just sit back and wait, you know. Okay, so just sit back and wait. I love that. Okay, well, so what got you to call into the show tonight, Mike? Yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk about the whole, like, and, and I say this disclaimer as as an immigrant coming to America, so I'm sort of looking at it from the outside looking in. But um, the way that, like, the LGBT agenda that you guys have going on here is just sort of unique. I mean, I know some of it's going on in the, in Europe as well, but, like, do you ever, do you guys, like, wonder, like, or I don't know if you're on board with it, but, like, why is it being pushed so hard onto children? And, like, why is, like, all society being demanded to, like, accept something that even if they don't believe in it, they'll agree with it? Well, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, ask Rob, as our host for Rated LGBT Radio, to um, kind of spearhead uh, the, an answer here. What do you think um, to – what do you say to Mike's comment? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Mike, in what you asked, because that was sort of uh, a contripled, loaded question um, with a lot of assumptions. The the first is that um, LGBT people are all over the world. There's no country where they are not. Um, LGBT is actually a variety of people just in itself. There are gay people, there are lesbians, uh, there are transgender people, which does not have to do with sexuality, it has to do with gender and bisexual people. And then there are people that don't fit neatly into those. Um, the LGBT, and I'm not sure what you think the agenda is, quote unquote, um, but the LGBT agenda, the real one, is just that everyone be allowed to be themselves, including you. Um, so if you're if you are cisgendered, you're straight male, then you know you have every right to be you. Um, not everybody is that. Um, this is not thrust upon children in any way, shape, or form. Um, children are aware that gay people exist. And for children who happen to be LGBT themselves, 
that is a really important thing because kids who grow up who are LGBT, who feel um, ostracized, put down, um, that people, to use your words, quote, unquote, don't believe in them or don't believe that they should be who they are, um, tend to fall into mental illness and have a very high suicide rate. So um, making an environment where it's safe for all kids, that's a pretty important thing to do. And it isn't to force anybody to be one thing or the other. It is to recognize that there are kids who are that. Um, in terms of a sexual orientation being thrust on somebody, um, and I tell you this as a dad and somebody who grew up in school systems and everything else, you are definitely programmed to be straight. It is from the day one, as soon as kids show up for kindergarten, the little girls are shown the princess dresses. They're told to wait for their prince. You know, it's like it is the assumption that that is who they're going to be, and that is, that's what's happening. Um, a lot of the things that are being talked about in terms of, like, Florida and everything else are not things that are thrust on any kids, which is sexuality and sexual discussions are not part of a, a dialogue with younger children at all, um, any more than heterosexual sexuality and functions are talked about with kids at that age. Um, the thing that is talked about or that those kids are made aware of is that not all families are going to look like theirs. So I don't know if that answered your question, came close in the ballpark, but um, that's kind of what's going on. There we go. That was a great question. Thank you, Mike, for calling. I appreciate that. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your family and your friends this holiday season. So, um, Rob, I know that um, we've had – on Rated G Radio, we don't really talk a lot of LGBT issues. We just let that really stay for the Rated LGBT Radio show that you host on Thursdays. Uh, but I do know that we had that mass shooting in – was it Colorado Springs over the weekend? Colorado. What do, it was. Yeah. What do you know about that? Well, it appears to be a, a lone person who um, – was kind of by, by this is one of the things that's dangerous about the rhetoric that's going on in the country right now that because um of and mike sort of implied it that there's this this rhetoric that gay people are suddenly going after children and that you know it's being thrust upon children and they're using the term breeder or uh, not breeder sorry that's <laughs> that is the very wrong term they're using the term groomers to imply that gay people are out recruiting kids, which, by the way, is something that decades ago was was the thing said about gay people. In the past 20 years, um, that rhetoric has died down significantly, but people want to go retro and revive it. Anyway, um, th so that has inspired this shooter who um, is very radical in terms of conspiracy theories and all of that, and plugging into that mantra um, uh, and some of his own state representatives are the ones that have put that forth um, directly. Um, and he, you know, wanted to go out and, you know, express himself with his, his AR-15. Um, the one difference that happened, and it was tragic, um, two of the people that were killed were transgender people. 
um, which is sadly ironic because the day after the shooting was the Transgender Day of Remembrance, um, which is a day that we remember people who were transgender who are killed, um, and there have been 30-some this year. Um, and to have two of the victims be two more that, that go into that number. But the uh, club itself was setting up to celebrate the Transgender Day of Remembrance. And so whether that was what attracted the shooter, not sure, but obviously the guy had an agenda um, to show up there. Uh, the th- one thing that happened differently was as everybody was running and ducking for cover, when the shooting began, two people, one in particular, ran towards the shooter, grabbed his other gun, and started beating him with it. And he, they, he and the other person subdued the shooter. So he's still injured many people. He killed five. Um, but had those two people not done what they did, it would have been even worse. It's just anytime we have any type of a national tragedy like this and whatever group, it doesn't really matter. I think that this is just, I mean, besides being so unfortunate, it's a huge wake up call because, you know, we have so much going on and obviously, you know, I, I mean, I've seen the snippets on CNN. I've seen the snippets on the Yahoo news and CNN website and things like that, but there is so much mental illness and, other issues that are going on with so many of these people, whether they're targeting LGBT people or people of color or whatever, right. you know, niche that they think needs, needs to suffer at the hands of whatever ridiculous, you know, thing they've got going through their head. But it's so much of the, the challenges that I think that we see today out on the streets are really mental illness issues that we just simply um, have stopped funding for to help people who are clearly in crisis in some capacity, but because we don't have the resources in place to be there for them, these people fall through the cracks. Then you have things like this happen and you, and everybody's pointing their finger going, uh, well, it's, it's your fault. It's, it's, you know, their fault, but it certainly can't be my fault, not in my backyard. Right. And at the well, end of the day, you know, what do you do? Yeah, there there are, um, and what you're saying is true about mental health and, you know, a lot of the issues, especially with homelessness. I think right. there's another level here that has been triggered um, because, and not that these people are tightly wrapped. So, I mean, there is likely to be some mental illness involved in this. But if you look at the QAnon theories, and there's a large portion of, um, kind of the Trump world, not all of them, but there is a portion of that world that are a hotbed for these theories. These are nuts theories. They're not rational. They are really, really bizarre. And um, then you couple that with that kind of, I mean, and that's fine. People, you know, people have been doing that with the tin hats and, you know, all sorts of, weird-ass theories for a long, long time. But Q has kind of pulled them all together, very, very paranoid, very um, uh, ascribing to conspiracy theories. But then you match that with another part of this same group, which is almost a religious cult around guns, 
where guns have become so elevated and precious and, um, you know, not a symbol of power, a symbol of them not, you know, being shoved to the side. Because let's face it, America, the culture is very progressive, and the culture is about opportunity for people, and we see many more people of color in on camera and having their own shows. And so people who are very um, tied to the past of white domination, um, you know, are feeling threatened by that. But the guns make them feel secure. So you put that, all that together, you've got a hotbed. And it doesn't, you know, and not all of them are going out and shooting people up, but it doesn't take all of them. It just takes the select few of that group. Um, to do that, and the 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 um, guy that did that in the you know, black church a couple of years ago, um, the guy that um, shot up in I think it was New York, um, the Latino supermarket, um, you know, it, or I guess that was in sorry that was in Texas, and then there was another guy that um, shot up a supermarket in northern New York that was mostly African American, um, and now you know this club in Colorado, which is LGBT and had promoted, you know, transgender celebration. So it's like, it's not coincidence. And, you know, it's, there are people on the edge that are being shoved off the edge. Well, you know, if I don't even know what to say to that because it just seems like, and you know, if we're going to start, you know, narrowing down at least what we see on the news, I don't know about you, Rob, but how many of these shooters do that we see, are they all white males? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that, yep. isn't that yep. interesting for all of the people that we're supposed to be so afraid of? The people we should be most afraid of really are, are white males. Angry white males, yes. Mm-hmm. It's... it's you know, and it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot there because we've been raised in this environment of toxic masculinity for a while where, you know, it's like, you know, Garrett, when we, you and I grew up, it's like, you know, somebody somewhere said something to you and I and like, you know, oh, you know, be a man, toughen up, you know, what are you being a sissy? Throw like a girl. No, don't do that. You know, it's like, be tough. You know, it's like, and somebody, you get pissed at somebody or somebody hurts you. It's like, you know, you can go get in their face, you know, it's like, and worse, you know, that's what males are fired to do and be like. And um, if they feel threatened, you know, it's like they get together and, you know, the good old boys, it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I just blow their face off. You know, it's like, okay, um, inappropriate, but, and uh, dangerous. And you have a gun collection. So now I'm scared. Right. Very scared. Well, yeah. Let's turn this ship around because we've got we're 20 minutes into the show and we are intending fully to let this show be one that ends on a good note. So, Rob, let's spend the next <laughs> 40 minutes talking about things that we're grateful for and what this holiday means to us. Um, have wh- Let me ask you this first, because I've got so many questions about the holidays with you. But for Thanksgiving specifically, where is the weirdest place you've ever had Thanksgiving? Oh, the weirdest place I've had it. 
Um, last time you asked me this question, it was about sex. So I'm glad it was. Know. So yeah. So I, I, see, I just I just replaced. <laughs> we're moving the, it up. We're, yeah, we're, it's just the same. question. I'm just replacing sex with Thanksgiving next. Where's the weirdest place you've ever had Christmas? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, the weirdest place that I ever had Thanksgiving, honestly, although this one may be it. So you know, I may be I may be uh, venturing into that area um, this Thanksgiving. But the um, the really weirdest one, and it wasn't all that weird. But um, uh, my best friend owns a hair salon, and I'm like his business partner or business manager, and we decided to decorate for Christmas on Thanksgiving. We brought food into the hair salon um, to cook up for our Thanksgiving celebration. Um, we had ordered the food. We thought we were doing a smart thing. Um, ordered the food at Whole Foods because you can order your dishes, your Thanksgiving dishes. Um, went to go pick it up, not realizing that what they were actually offering you, we thought plug and play. Like, you know, this is for DoorDash and all that, but we thought we were picking up a pan of hot stuffing and hot turkey and, you know, you know all that stuff. Um, it turns out, no, you were supposed to go home and cook all these things. What? They just had them in pans for you. So we ended well, up Well, bless that. their hearts. Yes. Then we had to, we were running to our different places we live to get our toaster ovens to take them into the salon so we could kind of toaster oven everybody's portions. And yeah, it was, that was, that was, you know, Weird to have it in a hair salon, and we did not execute it well. So, live it sounds birth. fun, though. How about you? Yeah. So what, what about you? What is the weirdest place you – and don't let this be the same thing as the sex question because I had something really interesting, and you worked well, out. Everybody else, I, everybody else has an interesting life. I'm, I'm very, very boring by comparison. Um, how about instead of most inter- – could I say my favorite place for Thanksgiving? It is your show, so you do get to well, it is roll whatever you want. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the one of the things that I always enjoyed growing up was going to my grandparents in Eugene, Oregon for Thanksgiving. And that doesn't sound like such a big deal, but looking back on it now, 500 years in the past, when we'd get in the covered wagon and, you know, get the horses all uh, fed and watered and that kind of thing, and we'd head down the Oregon Trail. Well, we'd really go from Salem to Eugene, which is like an hour drive, even back in the day. But my grandmother would spend all day cooking, and I had an aunt and uncle. Um, it was, you know, Daryl and Vi, and then Dallas and Maryland, if they would come up from Arizona, but that was really rare. So it was usually Daryl and Vi and Steve and Jackie and their boyfriends or wives or kids or, you know, whatever it was. And then uh, my mom and dad and I and my sister, and we'd all go down and spend Thanksgiving. And I think what I really liked is that my grandparents' house was super small. And and with that, their back patio, they had really kind of like a Florida lanai. This is before I knew what a lanai was, but my grandfather thought it was really a smart idea to have an enclosed back porch area to go sit outside in the winter or in the colder weather and the rain. And keep everybody dry. But with that, you know, we had, you know, a table and chairs, some lawn chairs. Um, we did arts and crafts out there. I would make, 
you know, candles with my grandmother and, you know, all kinds of arts and craftsy types of projects. But we'd all go and hang out out there if we weren't hanging out in the living room or, you know, wherever. But my grandmother would make the world's best mashed potato and gravy. And mm. so to this day, I always think back to the times that we would drive down to Springfield and Eugene and spend the time with the family. You know, And even though we saw each other, I would say probably on a fairly regular basis, looking back, you know, I haven't seen my mom in like 12 years. Um, so, you know, seeing your relatives two or three times a year right now seems like a lot. And I always look back on, on those times very fondly because it just was always a, a time of fun. Um, my relatives put up with me. I, I think back and just think, good Lord, you made a lot of noise and you were a very messy kid, Garrett. Horrible. <laughs> and my relatives didn't say word one, you know, and, and I looked. I, I think today, if I had to be in a room full of kids, I would be like, can't you brats shut the fuck up because, you know, I'm trying to watch whatever. I, I just don't you have know, any patience okay. for that at all. Yeah, I have to tell you, as a parent, though, that kids making noise, you know, if you can keep it down to a, a somewhat of a decent level is fine. But for a parent, it's like, you know what they're doing. The thing where where it gets really scary for a parent is when it's quiet. You look yeah. around and go, okay, where, where are the kids? Uh-oh. That is, what are they doing? That is never, never. What are they not time. supposed yeah. to be doing, right? Yeah, it's sort of like there's this, you know, silent alarm for parents when things get quiet. So, but, so yeah, I can that. see your relatives, you, you were probably just warming their hearts because, you know, oh, yeah, it's messy, but, yeah, we know where he is and, He's not killing anybody, so yay! <laughs> yay! Well, that we know about. Okay, so but that, that would be my that would be my favorite, um, you know, memory growing up. But as as an adult, I'm not sure. Oh wow! Um, as an adult, I would probably say one of my favorite memories is holding the first Thanksgiving I um, held in the big house that I built from scratch in Phoenix, and I think for me. You know, and, and I look back now, it's like I, I live a very simple life compared to what I lived, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Very, very simple. And I just built this huge custom 5,000 square foot house, custom backyard, could not. I mean, wow. it was technically impossible for me to have purchased a, more upgrades for the house. Because even at the design center, they're like, you know, these are extra. And then after, you know, they called the paramedics and got the smelling salts out, I went, well, no time like the present. Let's do it. And instead of having, you know, at the time, um, you know, a $350,000 house, I had a $750,000 house with landscaping pool and all the add-ons. So that was in 2005 when I did this. And so That's amazing. I'm like, yeah. I'm so impressed. Oh my god. Well, and you it, did this by yourself or how did you yeah. must have had a like Well, wow. I had a I had I had a job, you know, at JOB. And so you know, doing this, I built the house um, and I picked the paint, I picked the furniture, went and got custom. I mean, you name it. It was absolutely fantastic. And so obviously I'm very proud of this time um, of having a brand new house that I've just moved into. And I invited all of my family over and um, extended family and probably had about 40 people at the house. And um, that to me was really nice because I think professionally it, it gave me a sense of I've arrived and my family knows that I've 
made something of myself. Not that I didn't make something of myself before, but frankly, you know, this, this house was kind of like, you know, really over the top and everybody came and was like, holy guacamole. And it was like, yep, I did this. And so for me, it was a matter of pride. Now the, the fun, interesting part of this is very similar to you went to Whole Foods. I went to Safeway and I bought two fully cooked I made sure in advance, fully cooked meals, (laughs) one turkey and one ham with all the sides and the rolls. So, um, you know, the real, the big challenge was just get the house cleaned up and then, you know, get everything warmed up so we could all eat on time. And, um, but that was, that was a favorite memory growing up as an adult and one that I'm glad I never will ever do again. Um, I, I mean, I love my family. Most of everybody that I still have left is in Phoenix. And they're like, come on, move on back to Phoenix. It'll be great. And I'm like, I just can't stand the six months of 120 degree weather. If I could get past that yeah, and then yeah. the Arizona politics, I could do that. Oh, um, Rob, did you know that if that if um, you run for an office and you just don't like the outcome, just tell them that somebody else cheated and therefore you, you're still a winner? Yeah, because apparently that's I've how you do that it. I've heard that rumor. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like it's, uh, yeah. And, and if you really don't like the outcome – you just um, throw this big, huge event uh, outside the Capitol and have all your friends and family just storm the place. Yeah, right. You could do that, too. You could do that, too. Yeah. I've actually yeah. – I mean, yeah. it, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of letting a little cat out of the bag. And not much of a cat because I don't, I, I don't know. But this, this came to me, and I've been starting to give this a lot of thought. I think – because I'm a registered Republican, okay, and I, I, mm-hmm. I made no shame about that. Fiscally, I'm a registered Republican. I'm not a personality Republican. So you can read into that what right, you want. Right. But personality-wise, I'm not pleased with anything that we've got going on. But economically, I like the concept. Um, but when, you like but having the, things paid for. I like having things paid for, right. And so I think the, the challenge that I get into is obviously you have all of these wackadoodles that are out there. And I'm, not, and I'm singling out Republicans here because that's what we're talking about. But we can talk about any, any group of people, like, you know, white this white man with guns who like to go out and right. people, but that's a topic for a different show. Not this one we talked about earlier, but I was thinking, you know, you have all these Republicans that are out here right now, just telling these most ridiculous things and the people that have the most logic behind them. And you talk like the Mitt Romney's and her like, and they just shake their head going, what in the heck is going on? This is just making my head hurt. I've thought seriously, and I know this is being recorded for posterity, so I'm saying this here. I've really thought about changing party affiliations to become a Democrat and then pull the same crap on the Republicans that they do here. So if when, the, uh, when the Republicans um, uh, uh, oppose abortion, I can say, you hate children. You know, and then go on all the talk shows about how all the republic, my Republican candidates hate children, and they're you know therefore you know, or they vote against you know uh, Medicare. They hate senior citizens. They hate the elderly. Did you really know that you know? And this you know it's like that's not what they're saying. They just you know anyway. So I've thought about becoming the Democrat, the anti you know anti that Democrat, and I'm not sure the Democrats would welcome me, but. That is how I became a Democrat, actually, because I was raised as a Republican. And um, my mother, when I turned 18, actually was a registrar. So she, you know, it's great. Mom's a registrar. I can register with her. And um, she says, oh, and which party do you want? As her pen was 
narrowing down on the Republican checkbox. Uh-huh. And I, I think I'm going to register as a Democrat. She's like, what? what? What do you mean? And it's like, and the reason I decided to do that was because being raised as a Republican, I, our household was very dogmatic about everything Republican was right, everything Democratic was wrong, you know, and that was just the way it was. And I had started listening to different people who were Democrats and kind of going, well, they're, they're, they're not really all wrong. Um, and it was like going, you know what, I, I think I'll just, just change that affiliation on paper so that I can open up and listen to other ideas and not feel so locked into, of course, everything Republican is right. And, um, and that's what I did. Now, over the next few years, um, I got further and further apart philosophically from the Republican Party. Um, and now there are certainly Republicans I respect. There are um, most of the issues, a lot of the issues that the Republicans stand for, I'm on the other side for. I'm not crazy. You know, it's like I don't like rhetoric either way. So it's like let's stick with the issues rather than the people, um, you know. But it's uh, I don't know. It, it, the things that are going on in the Republican Party is sort of like what's been going on in Christianity for me, where I am. It isn't whether I Repub- agree with the Republican or not. It's that I'm offended as a past Republican. The I'm offended that some of this crap is being presented as a Republican philosophy when it's not. It's fascism in in some cases. It's like it is really dangerous, crappy stuff. And the midterms were very affirming in that end because a lot of that part of the Republican Party did not succeed, and the more moderate people in the Republican Party did succeed. Now, how that's going to play out is going to be very interesting because in Congress, a lot of the people who have the bully pulpit there are the more radical part of the Republican Party. So, but they don't have as much leeway to push themselves on people as they might have. So it is going to be interesting. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know. I just, I, I can't. I, I want to appreciate opposing. Now, if it's a viewpoint that's talking actually about a policy or a program, I can listen to just about anything. But when they start, you know, just infusing stupid stuff into the things that have no bearing on any factual grasp of reality, it's like – why are you doing this? Because if it bleeds, right. it leads. And so if it's outrageous and if it's inflammatory, you're going to listen to that much more than somebody with a calm, rational voice saying, here is my plan to fix X, Y, and Z. Well, okay. And then they'll say, well, you are, well, it's, this is like watching an episode of WWE raw, you know, you got, Triple H versus, you know, Shawn Michaels in a death match. And after the death match, they go out for beer and wings and hang out with each other's family at the pool on Sunday. 
you know, and, right. and, and laugh all the way to the bank. And I think that's really what's happening here is the politicians are figuring out, okay, we're going to be more entertaining to our radical base of whatever. And that's how we're going to, you know, get attention and get our message across is, is talking this way. So anyway, that's well, my that, commentary. What you're saying is, 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 is accurate because what's happened not just in politics but in media is you mm-hmm. have these m- media kettles where mm-hmm. they rile up, quote-unquote, the bases, mm-hmm. and then the politicians then campaign to each that. of those bases mm-hmm. based on what that base understands and – a lot of it, to your point, is highly emotional, yeah. and it's like it is away from back in the day when people sat down and went, okay, this is what we want, this is what you want, how do we you know, give and take so we both walk away with something, and, but neither one of us is going to get everything that we want, and that's, they work it out that way. Right. The way and the country seems to, to like that because yeah yeah the country has traditionally liked one aspect of the government to be the the other party so it mm-hmm. forces the government to, in order to get things done to always be questioned on the excesses of the other party yeah so it's yeah. You know, so, it's a yeah, nice check and balance. Kind of, That's why there's the three arms of the government and everything else. But yeah, anyway. Right. right. Uh, Rob, when we get ready to sit down, not we like we're going to be in each other's company because you're going to be in Las Vegas and I'm going to be here at the beach. But uh, when right, we get right. ready to sit down for Thanksgiving dinner this Thursday, what's going to be the one thing that you're most thankful for? Um, I'm going to be thankful that I got to hear your new Thanksgiving song. Well, you will be thankful. And for all of the listeners, Rob has just given you a great segue. You need to stay tuned for the last few minutes of the show because I am going to play. Uh, it may be the first publicly released pro Thanksgiving song ever in the history of ever. And I'm saying that because I can do that. It's my show. If you want to say something different, go get your own show. But the song is called Pumpkin Pie Lies. And it talks about me getting together with my family growing up in Oregon. And the fact that you always say, oh, I'm just going to have one piece of pumpkin pie. And then it's Thanksgiving. And then it becomes two. And then it's like, I'll have a piece of mincemeat. And then it's the apple. And that's the cherry. And you've already had four servings of mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey and stuff. And then blah, blah, blah. Right. So anyway, so you're and, going and to lots hear. lots of antioxidants, I might add. Lots of you've antioxidants. Kind of, you kind of strung a little bit of a healthy uh, um, sweet there um, in all well, that. But anyway. But, you know, the fact is that if you take a look at really at all the foods that you're eating at Thanksgiving, if you eat them in moderation, and moderation is not a word that is something I actually comprehend. I've heard of the word moderation. Excess is the word that really resonates with me. But if you use the word moderation in eating a Thanksgiving dinner, you can actually have a very healthy, enjoyable meal and not kill your diet for the rest of the season. Um, but that will not be the case for me. So what are you going to be doing on Thanksgiving? I mean, I know you're going to Las um, Vegas, but so what's the plan? So, you know, the, the plan is to go to some sort of buffet. Um, so I'm, 
a little nervous about what how that will play out and exactly what we will be eating. But but here's the other thing. I am not I have evolved out of being a traditional Thanksgiving food person. I don't mm-hmm. eat um I you know the 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 only um live protein I eat anymore is occasional fish. Um other than that I strongly veer towards vegan dishes and, and vegetarian. So, you know, I'm, um, you know, the, there's a lot of the Thanksgiving stuff that that I'm kind of going a different direction from anyway. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what. Um, so what does we'll a what vegan Thanksgiving sound and look and taste like? Because to me, that sounds gross. Well, nowadays, you would be actually surprised because back in the old days when they talked about it, they would, they would make fun of a thing called tofurkey. To, 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 which was tofu kind of, I don't know, mushed up. I, don't, I can't even represent what it was supposed to be. But now these artificial meats that are all plant-based have become really sophisticated. And the ones particularly that are mock poultry, you cannot tell the difference. I mean, really? it's like they are so close. No, they're actually amazing. And they are, you know, all plant-based. Um, you know, they're super processed to get them that way. And so there's a decent room for debate whether, you know, plant process versus meat process is all that much better. I mean, you, you don't have the meat stuff, but um, and it's better for the environment. But you still have a lot of manipulation there. But that and there's some awesome plant-based flavoring and and i mean all spices are obviously plant-based and you know there's there's just a lot of really potential things now that you can have a very very delicious satisfying throwback to traditional turkey um meal and and completely enjoy yourself so did you see the news article this week, Rob, over the FDA giving approval for a California company to genetically produce um, basically artificial chicken that is um, taken from cells of live chickens and recently deceased but into the food chain type of chickens, and they are going to allow this company in California to grow basically petri dish dish chickens to produce for mass consumption as a way to help offset the need for having live poultry or livestock. And so they're doing this first with chickens. Did you hear about this? I did not hear about that. That does sound very interesting. I mean, it sounds like a a step up in terms of ethical food production. Because I mean, one thing that if if you're if you are the least bit sensitive about you know life and all that sort of stuff, when you start hearing about how we get our meat, you know I and you know I'm not judging anybody because you know when I was a meat eater, I was a meat eater, and I did not kid myself that meat came out of plastic packages. You know I knew I knew where it came from, um, but it's. Uh, so it sounds like what they're doing is they're finding a way to produce meat without some creature being grown, 
treated cruelty and meeting a cruel end. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting, just in that that aspect. But, so uh, if you had the choice to go back, and I mean, given that this soylent green type of production of food, and hey, I'm all for soylent green. It's my next door neighbor ground up. You know, if it's in the soylent green <laughs> protein powder mix, great. It's it's uh, you know the new chocolate flavor, fantastic. Um, I, I've slowly been getting away from eating um, most food outside of like raw vegetables. I, I, I'm going to tell you, Rob, I eat a lot of chicken, but I, that's really the only meat that I make. And I do that because yeah. I've got my four dogs. And so my four dogs, they need a protein based diet. So I make the food, blah, blah, blah. But um, outside of that, I've gotten to the point where I'm doing my collagen peptides with, you know, with the, it has the protein, all the aminos and my coffee in the morning. And then I have a meal replacement shake that has 26 grams of protein, six grams of healthy fats. It has the right amino chains and blah, blah, blah. So then when I get to my lunch, I'm just eating, you know, a, a couple of chicken breasts, some raw vegetables, and maybe my homemade spicy mustard. And then at night when I get home from work, I'm, I'm drinking lemon water all night. That's pretty much what I do all the time. Yeah. So getting away yeah. from the, oh, I'm going to go get a porterhouse steak and I'm going to go get a lamb and I'm going to go get, I, that doesn't even resonate to me. But if you had the chance to go and say, okay, I'm going to be able to eat something that didn't have to suffer and die for this, even on a cell level we could debate that at a time um but you know at least emotionally we don't have to feel like okay we're killing you know right foghorn leghorn you know would you go and uh, be open to eating cellularly I, raised meats i probably wouldn't be because i see i didn't go into this way of eating you know it's like i don't want to come up holier than now i didn't come on i didn't do it because I was like, oh, the poor animals, I can't eat them. That that wasn't my motivation. My motivation was the food itself, and you know, and really trying to eat healthier food. So my the majority of the stuff I eat is like like I said, what they've done with plant based food is really amazing. I don't eat a lot of that um, because it is super processed and. They got a lot of sodium in it and a lot of other things, and it's like I'd rather just eat the vegetables and have creative cooking on how I um, do the vegetables. And and it is the reason I added salmon and um, some fish back in because there were things that I was missing from the way I was eating, and that was providing those in a really super healthy way. Um, so yeah. I, I, unless they were somehow infused with, you know, great nutrients that you couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be interested, but you know, now let's take this to kind of like the, maybe a little bit sicker level. So let's say they start producing meat, meat of beings that have never actually lived um, in this way. Now here's my question for you. What if you found out they discovered that ingesting meat that was based on human DNA and human seedlings was actually better for a human being to be eating because the nutrients were just so copacetic to the human body? (laughs) So would you? I don't know. Would you buy that burger? 
I've never thought of myself. I have zero cannibalistic um, tendencies. Now, I have given a hickey or two, maybe intentionally or not, but that has to have been at least 30 years ago. Um, outside of that, I will say I would be really hard pressed to say I'd want to eat a human being. That just does not seem well, but see, that's a right. Thing. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have ever been a human being, really. It was just well, okay. a, an yeah. artificial meat constructed from. Does it, does the, it taste like chicken? Uh, probably tastes like beef. <laughs> and, and see, and there's there's the scary part. <laughs> I don't know. This is this is this is how it goes full circle. Because then you know, it's like they they get everybody to eat that, and they're going going, oh, this is actually a very delicious meat. Da 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 da. It's like all of a sudden they go, oh, we had a problem in the factory. We can't make any more of that for another five years. And then they start looking at their neighbor going. Hmm. Hmm. What, what you look kind of tasty. Way? Yeah. Well, fatten you <laughs> oh, up, my honey. God. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, well, it, is, anyway. it is funny because in other cultures, they eat horses. In other cultures, they eat cats and dogs. In other cultures, yeah, exactly. they eat, they eat, they eat, they eat. In other cultures, they also eat all kinds of insects and worms and things that you and I, Rob, would go like, no, thank you. But that is everyday normal life because that's sustenance and that's the only way you're going to stay right. alive. I'm grateful that that is not the world in which I live currently and I hope not to. But you know, we do have so many different um, norms for what we consider okay for our culture. And it's really easy for us to be super judgy about, oh, okay, well, you live over in this country and so you eat this type of diet. Well, that's wrong. But that, I think that then also kind of goes back to religion saying, you know, Christianity is the only real religion. Well, you know, I got a newsflash for you between um, what is it? No, December 1st and January 15th, there's like 29 major religious right. holidays celebrated by seven major world religions. I really don't think Christianity is the only one. That is my religion, but that is, I, you know, I think there are many others that have very fine points of view. Um, so, you know, what do we what do we say to people who, you know, are eating horses or eating cats or dogs or eating whatever? Well, is that wrong? And Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, how... How did, I mean, for the, the animals who can't speak for themselves, you know, where did they get a vote on whether they get to fall in the pet category and their right versus the food category? And pigs fall in the between because there are people who have pigs as pets. And oh, I would rest, love you a know, pig. Obviously, a lot of people have pigs as, as you know, food sources. In fact, there was yeah. one horrible story about the family whose pet pig got out and um, one of the neighbors that, that found the pig ended up eating the pig. Oh, no. You know, their pet. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but it goes to the question. It's like how, you know, how did the, where was the lottery where, you know, oh, you're food. And it's like, oh, you're a pet. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I don't it's know. really. That, uh, that is weird. a great question. I would, if I could, I would totally have one of those miniature pigs here at the house. I think that would be amazing because I hear they're potty trained. They're really very clean animals. Super smart. Um, yeah. Super smart. Very trainable. The other one that I, I've heard about recently that I totally want, and this is just, now a pig I could almost rationalize, but this one I can't. But it'd be a miniature long-haired cow. Yeah, that would be a little awkward. <laughs> that would be a little awkward. But, but they grow up to be about like yeah. hip height, 
So they're only about like, you know, 24, 30 inches tall, um, have long hair and are apparently are just like super cute. So I figured if I could in my courtyard get a, you know, like a, a baby pot belly pig, you know, that doesn't get like super huge and then get like a miniature, right. you know, long haired cow, that would be really cool. Yeah. Well, you get a little milk flag going there. So, yeah. 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 I don't know. That was just my thought, but uh, yeah, I'm always, I think that, you know, my, the four dogs that I have, they're all getting older. And, and very recently I thought it was going to have to, one of them go cross that rainbow mm. bridge, but he's lived to live another day. So I'm very grateful for that. Okay. But, you know, looking at my pet's mortality and historically I've always had more than one pet at the same time because um, one, the pets need a companion, but number two, when one goes, you still got to go home, and that other one that's left needs attention, needs your love, needs the food, and right. needs you to take care of them. And that's in many times in my life that's kept me going. When if I would have lost one and that was it, I would have just been okay. I'm done. Let me go. Um, so you know, I don't know. I I think that having you know more pets would be fun, but I think I'm when these fine angels that surround me every day, uh, you know, go off to wherever they go next. I think I'm going to have to take a break for a while because I think Papa would like yeah. to go on a vacation and not have to worry about, okay, I can't find somebody to watch the dogs and things like that. But anyway, Rob, um, this hour has absolutely flown by directions <laughs> that I didn't even think were going to happen, but wow. I'm so, um, I'm so glad I got to spend this time with you. I, I rarely get a chance to visit with you. We chat once in a while on instant messenger, iMessage. What are we doing? Right. Okay. That's great. Um, but just hearing your voice really makes me happy. I hope that you and your family have Likewise. a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you so much. Um, I think you and I get one more shot on air before the end of the year. So everybody who's listening tonight, you know, you can find this show rated G radio under the flagship banner rated LGBT radio on iHeartRadio, on Apple's podcast. You can subscribe, take it with you on the go and tell all your friends to sign up and listen as well. It's another free podcast. It's free to you. Um, and of course, if you're a major corporate sponsor and want to throw a million or two our way, we would love to take that. Um, but in the meantime, I hope you all have a Thanksgiving that is happy and memorable for the right reasons. You are going to be hearing the world premiere, at least on Rated G Radio, for my new song called Pumpkin Pie Lies. Now, if you would like to um, hear more of my music, I have links on the show page that take you right to my Spotify for my latest album, Blonde Jesus the Musical. It really did turn out to be a musical. Super fun. And then my Christmas album, which was released on January Second of this year. So that's great for Christmas sales for last year. That was a distribution problem, um, but it's there. So go listen to that. And I'll be back next week with Stephanie Gerard, and we'll be talking about her upcoming new show, Journey with Stephanie. Rob, go have a great Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for being my friend. Thank you.
rushing out. I can smell all of them. I will leave no doubt. Apple, cherry, and a pumpkin a la mode whip. The cream rises to the top each Thanksgiving trip. Where are all my old sweatpants to stretch around these hips? been listening to Rated G Radio.